Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second of today's Lineout podcast in which we talk about the big one. Uh, Ireland uh, traveled to Paris to take on France, both sides in red hot form. Uh, although, as we saw last weekend, uh, a few uh, a few kinks to work out of the system, as there always tends to be on opening day in the Six Nations. But both sides coming away ultimately with uh, convincing victories, Ireland beating Wales and uh, France beating Italy. Uh, in the case of the France-Italy game, uh, definitely, you know, France tends to start every Six Nations championship with a bit of rust. And I would say that was very evident against Italy. And I think the pleasing thing is, although I'll be talking about uh, Italy tomorrow, I think the pleasing thing uh, from for Italian fans was... Uh, Italy didn't look, you know, awed by the circumstances or who they were playing or where they were playing. And, you know, what we'd all hoped for, that this year we'd actually see an Italian side that may not win any matches, but at least be genuinely competitive in them. Well, we saw that. Um, so, you know, all credit to Italy. I think, you know, ahead of their game with England this weekend uh, in Rome, they can, you know, they can feel a, a certain degree of, of optimism. But anyway, that's enough of Italy. We'll talk about them later uh, tomorrow. But anyway, uh, Ireland, France, uh, it looks set to be an absolute crackerjack of a, a test match. Uh, both of these teams on form. Uh, the weather's going to cooperate in Paris on Saturday. It just looks set to be a thrilling game between two sides who are on form and love an open uh, running game so yeah and you know neither side really has any weaknesses they both got very very potent forward packs they've got uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive looking uh, sets of backs it's it's all the ingredients for a, a classic test match so yeah you know, looking at Ireland starting off, uh, well, actually, no, let's uh, start off with, with the home team, um, who will be obviously uh, France on Saturday. Like I say, you know, apart from a couple of initial wobbles uh, against Italy on Saturday, you know, it took, it took them a while for them to get into their stride. But then that's France. That's, that's the way they always start the Six Nations, so no surprises there. But, you know, once they kind of got towards the end of that first half, you know, the it started to come together for them and they you know, they still had to work at it against Italy. Uh, and I think, you know, they were kind of, they're probably disappointed that they didn't come away with a bigger score. But uh, yeah, I think they would have found that match a very useful uh, wake up call and, and set the tone for the rest of their championship. Um, and looking at this weekend, uh, I, I think, you know, they, they can feel a great, uh, a real sense of confidence going into it. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about this match as a championship decider. I don't buy into that. I think it's still too early in the championship to be saying that. You know, there's still three weekends after this. Uh, there's still some tough games ahead uh, for both sides. Um, you know, and as excited as everybody got by their performances, I think it has to be taken with a certain degree of perspective. And that perspective is, you know, Ireland played Wales 
and France played Italy. Now those two teams, Wales and Italy, I think it's pretty safe to say look on track uh, at the moment. We'll see what happens this weekend in Cardiff. But at the moment, they look on track to be duking it out for the wooden spoon this year. So, you know, sure, Ireland and, and, and France walked away with convincing wins in the end against both teams. But, you know, I think you could say Saturday's game would be a championship decider if, if say, you know, England, uh, Ireland had played England and France had played Scotland, for, for example, and both France and Ireland wiped the floor with, with England and France. England and Scotland, sorry, that didn't happen. You know, that's that's not those were not the games that were played. So, and those games are still to come. So, I, I think it's a little bit, a little bit over the top to be saying at this stage and only at round two that uh, this is a championship decider. I think it will have huge impact on how the championship pans out. There's no question about that. But it's championship championship decider, not quite. But yeah, I mean, looking at France, you know, they they looked pretty good. Um, there's not too much, uh, not too many areas where they can feel concerned with. Their goal kicking perhaps wasn't the best, and their scrum, as I imagined it would do, creaked a bit. Uh, and you know, in that in that sense, all credit to uh, all credit to Italy, who uh, had 100% success rate at, at scrum time. But um, yeah, you know, those are all things I think, you know, France are more than capable of fixing this weekend. Um, and Ireland will, will know that, they, that they'll have worked on that. So there's really no change to the front row. Cyril Bai, who I thought had a very good game last weekend, and uh, Weenie Antonio uh, as the props. As everybody, as, as the Irish commentator said uh, during the match, there's nothing weenie about Weenie Antonio, but... Um, I still think Antonio's the weak link in that front row. Um, Julian Marchand, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. I think along with him and Kelleher, those are the your two best hookers in the championship uh, by a country mile. So the contest between those two is going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, and both are very dynamic ball carriers uh, and very effective in the loose. So, um, yeah. I think, uh, and I think, you know, Marshall is so good that he makes up for any deficiencies that France may have in its its front row. Uh, but they are up against what I call them, the, the three horsemen of the apocalypse in, in, in Ireland's front row. And I think, uh, yeah, they're, that's one area where I would be concerned as a, as a French supporter. Cameron Wokey and Paul Willemsa keep their places. Uh, no surprises there. I thought Wokey was absolutely outstanding to me uh, i'm tipping him to be one of the players of the tournament uh, if not possibly the player of the tournament but yeah he was absolutely outstanding and, and willem so put in a, a pretty strong shift as well um francois crow and anthony jalanche uh good efforts from both of them uh as well uh last weekend um like I say, I think Jalanche is a hugely underrated player, and he demonstrated that last weekend. Uh, this weekend will be a sterner test. Um, but yeah, the, that back row has nothing to apologize with it for. Um, and in number eight, Gregory Aldred, they have one of the best tests, number eights, plain and simple. Um, you know, very evenly matched with Ireland's Jack Conan. Um, 
And although if you look at a, if you do a stats kind of breakdown on the two, uh, from a season point of view, Aldrich's tearing it up. Uh, definitely has the edge in, in the numbers game against Conan. But you look at those uh, games against New Zealand, uh, which Ireland and New Zealand both won last year. Um, Ireland, like Conan's performance against New Zealand and Aldrich's performance against New Zealand, well, there Conan leads, leads the numbers game. So interesting to see how that plays out on uh, on Saturday. Obviously, the halfback pairing, Antoine Dupont and Romain and Tamak remains unchanged for a game of this stature. I thought both of them looked a little bit off the boil at times against Italy. Clearly, the effects of recovering from COVID was uh, having an effect. But, you know, as by the time the game kind of ended and then they they came off, I thought, yeah, they... They look like they they'd found their feet again, and they'll only, they're only going to be that much stronger and that much uh, sharper this week this weekend. Uh, on the wings, Gavin Villiers and Damien Pinot obviously keep their places. Both of them were just outrageous last weekend. Um, yeah, talk about danger men out wide, uh, and then some. Pinot in particular, but you know, Villiers got a hat trick. So, but Pinot creates, he needs, he needs a millimeter of light. He needs the faintest little chink of light in the defense and he's gone. And then he's just setting up everybody else to score tries. Um, such a dynamic player, but you know, Villiers is, is he's a try scoring machine. Uh, be interesting to see how he goes up against Andrew Conway this weekend. And obviously the big question on everybody's lips is after such a stellar debut for Pat Hansen for Ireland. Well, you want to test how good you are defensively? Talk to Damien Pinot. Uh, that, that, will, that will really separate the men from the boys in terms of defensive skills as a winger. Uh, interesting as well, Yoram Mofana and Gail Fiku in the centers. Mofana um, <clears throat> looked pretty sharp. I thought last weekend uh, when he came on. So, uh, and Gail Fiku is a midfield defensive general. So again, very, very effective center pairing, I think, to be able to cope with uh, with Aki and Ringrose. And then lastly, Melvin Gemini, cool as a cucumber. Uh, yeah, just security at the back and uh, very, very, very handy goal-kicking uh, option for France. So, yeah, it's a pretty good starting lineup. Uh, Pietro Malvaca, Jean-Baptiste Gros, Demba Bamba, uh, his front row replacements. Malvaca, obviously, the star of the game against the All Blacks. Still didn't think Bemba had a particularly good game. I think he's, you know, I think he's a player of enormous talent, but just something's not quite gelling the way it needs to right now. Uh, Romain Tafaina, you know, again, uh, playing really, really well at club level. Uh, seems able to translate that into um, the test arena. And Thibaut Flamand, the new guy, um, as as uh, on the as a replacement flanker, can't wait to see more of him. I'm not sure you will in a game of this stature against Ireland. Um, but yeah, that's some real, real potential there. And uh, Surprised we didn't see more of him uh, in the Italy game, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Dylan Cretin, obviously as well, good chef last week. Maxime Lucu, I thought he looked pretty good when he came on last week. Thomas Ramos didn't really get a chance to see much of him last week, so uh, 
hard to say whether or not some of the criticisms I saw some people making in, in social media regarding his selection last weekend are, are justified or not. So over to Ireland. Um, yeah, Ireland, great game last weekend. Uh, dominant, uh, clinical, efficient. Um, you know, all played at sort of 350 miles an hour. Um, you, know, you could really see that, that Wales were having to reach for the oxygen tanks when they went into the sheds at half time, uh, just to try and keep up with Ireland. And really, apart from poor old Johnny Sexton having a few wobbles in, in terms of goal kicking, all their stats are in the 90s. Um, 92% tackle success rate. 98% success at the rugs, 94% line-out success, 100% success in the scrums. I mean, the scrums almost kind of go without it, without saying, given, you know, the quality of that Irish front row. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. Now, obviously, the big, the big talking point this weekend is no Johnny Sexton. Um, and when I first started talking about Ireland at the beginning of this championship when I was doing the previews for how I thought the, the, the teams would fare. You know, I asked the question is, what's more important to Ireland, the Six Nations winning it, or really answering the question of um, what do we do if we don't have Johnny Sexton? Um, because up till now, that has been um, Ireland's Achilles heel. And now with even though I think Sexton is playing out of his skin and probably some of the best rugby of his career, even at the age of 36, and I think there's plenty of life in the old dog yet, and I think he probably will see and have a a, use, a really strong role to play in, in next year's World Cup. I've said it all along, and I will continue to say it, and everybody I know in Ireland says the same thing. They need an understudy um, because he's not going to be around forever. Um, and beyond next year... It's a pretty big gray area. So do you just go all out and win the championship with Johnny steering the ship uh, this year and possibly next year? Or do you do really well in the championship um, also on the back of developing a really strong understudy? So Ireland have been handed the opportunity this weekend with Sexton being out with injury and Carberry having to step up to the plate uh, and getting the starting berth for uh, the number 10 jersey. So, yeah, I think every anybody who's an Irish supporter or an Irish fan is is going into Saturday's match with a sense of uh, excitement and anticipation, but also, well, here we go. We're going to roll the dice um, and see how it goes. Anyway, uh, looking down the lineup, uh, Andrew Porter, Ronan Kelleher, Tad Furlon, like I say, I think that's the best front row in Test Rugby period right now. Uh, it's almost peerless. Uh, Kelleher was, had a great game. Porter was phenomenal. Furlong was back to his best. I mean, there's just, like I said, I call them the three horsemen of the apocalypse for, for a good reason. Uh, in the second row, uh, Tad Byrne and, uh, James Ryan, Ryan gets the captaincy. Um, again, he kind of needs to step it up a bit. Um, but the revelation for me last weekend, and I don't say actually not that's, that's incorrect because to me, he's not a revelation. Um, but Tad Byrne, I mean, he was just phenomenal last week. Um, he's one of my favorite Irish players. He just, 
he's so good at everything he does. He's, he's just a powerhouse of a player. He's such a spark for that team. So, yeah, uh, massive performance for him, I think, coming up again this weekend. Um, really interested to see him mucking it in with Cameron Wokey and Paul Valemsa. Um, but yeah, James Ryan, again, a bit like sort of Carberry. Um, this is a great chance for him to shine in, in such a test of such a, you know, as captain is of such critical importance to Ireland. Back row, Kalen Doris, Josh van der Fleer, Jack Conan, unchanged. And why would you want to? Um, Kalen Doris was outstanding. Josh van der Fleer, some of those line breaks he made were just fabulous last weekend. And Jack Conan, you know, they, I think, one of the key battles on Saturday is going to be that between him and uh, Gregory Aldred. How that goes, I think, will very much dictate which side uh, holds the balance of power in that game. But we'll see. Yeah, but those three, again, another powerhouse trio akin very much to uh, the kind of effect that their their front row can have. In the halfback department, obviously, Jamison Gibson-Park. I thought he had a good game last weekend. I don't think he had a game on the same level as that, which we saw when uh, Ireland played New Zealand last November, but uh, solid performance. Can't really fault it. And obviously the big talking point, Joey Carberry gets his start in a match of huge, huge importance for Ireland. You know, you want pressure. You want to manage a critical game. This is again, one of the separating the men from the boys type events. Um, so, yeah, great to see him get the start. You know, he has been prone to injury. Uh, he hasn't quite hit the heights that, that people have been expecting of him, um, mainly due to just, you know, being on the injury injury roster for quite a while. But tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Saturday is a real chance for him to shine, and I really hope uh, he gets the chance to, to show what he can do and help, yeah, develop a sense of security for for Ireland and their supporters that uh, there is life after Johnny. Um, I'll talk about the centers first um, in the backs. Bundy Aki, Gary Ringrose. Again, Ringrose, I think, had a barnstormer of a game last weekend, uh, and Aki did as well. Uh, excellent effort from him. Um, yeah. Uh, Robbie Henshaw makes the bench. Uh, for this one, um, but you're just spoilt for choice between those three. Um, it'd be interesting to see how uh, and when they bring on uh, Henshaw. He hasn't had as much game time as Ring Rose Racky, so yeah, that's probably the main consideration there. But uh, yeah, Ireland's spoiled for choice there. In the backs, uh, Andrew Conway had an absolutely outstanding game. I think he's just a solid, solid commodity for Ireland out wide. So thoroughly deserves all the accolades he's getting. But yeah, the other talking point of last weekend, Mac Hansen. Unbelievable start. Uh, what a debut. Uh, you know, I've really liked what I've seen at Connacht. Uh, and he delivered. And then some. I mean, that man was everywhere. Uh, he was setting, you know, everybody kept saying, when is he going to score his try? When is he going to score his try? Ultimately, he didn't score a try, and the main reason he didn't score a try is he was too busy setting up tries for everybody else. Um, he was just all over the park. Uh, a really gifted footballer, some really, really skillful passing and offloads. Just, yeah, that that man is excitement. Um, 
you know, I, I know we all got really excited uh, when Jacob Stockdale started and we saw a lot of that with him and then it kind of faded. And you find it kind of faded into obscurity a little bit, but uh, I really hope that's not going to be the case with Hanson because if he is as good as that and he keeps getting better and better, wow, what a find Ireland have just got. So really exciting there. And then lastly, you know, Hugo Keenan. Um, like I say, I, I think Michael Lowry from, from Ulster can possibly challenge his position at some point down the road, but for now... You know that's that's a banker's check at the back there with with Hugo Keenan, um, just a solid solid player, um, and I think uh, you know him and him and the contest between him and Jaminet um, on Saturday is going to be uh, well worth the price of admission. Two very 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 skilled players there, so yeah, uh, a good looking side. On the benches, Dan Sheehan, Kean Healy, Finley, Bealham. That remains unchanged for the. Uh, front row replacements uh really looking forward to seeing dan sheehan uh more of him i think again what i saw last weekend i liked um so yeah and obviously healy and pilum are known commodities ian henderson makes his return on the bench in the second row replacements again hasn't seen that much game time um you know there's a lot of debate about who should be captain him or ryan but uh, they're probably sticking with ryan for that now um due to ryan having more game time and i think that's a smart choice um but that's uh yeah peter omani i thought he had a good game last weekend and uh took the captain's armband uh once uh sexton came off um thought his discipline was very good last week he can always be a bit of a live wire in that department but he he ran a tight ship uh last weekend connor murray didn't see a huge amount from him, but what I did see, he seemed to have a bit more of uh, that Murray spark and energy that uh, has been a little bit quiet in, in recent months. And obviously for me, some real interest to look at Jack Hardy to see uh, how much time he gets on Saturday. Um, you know, I think uh, I really like what he's doing at, at Connacht. I think he is a very underrated uh, Irish fly half uh solution and possibility for um stepping into sexton's shoes he just lacks game time uh, game time and experience i think the more he gets the better he'll get at this level and then lastly obviously robbie henshaw on the bench uh known proven solid exciting commodity um you know had a couple of issues with injury over the last year but but uh every time i have seen him play uh, this year, he uh, he's he's the goods. He delivers the goods and then some. So, yeah, what a guy to have on your bench, in short. And uh, you know, as he develops match fitness, uh, hopefully in this game and and probably the next, expect him to say to play an increasingly large role in uh, Ireland, the rest of Ireland's Six Nations campaign. So yeah, that's it. Pretty good looking effort uh in terms of selections from both sides two very very competitive teams the form teams in the championship so far with definitely you know scotland and england uh you know snapping at their heels but uh yeah france and, and ireland uh, got their noses out in front so far so yeah the weather is going to be great uh so it's going to favor two sides who really love to run the ball right now um 
you know, can France keep pace with uh, Ireland's 300 mile an hour uh, physicality and the pace in which they play the game? But can Ireland defensively keep a handle on, on you know, a very wily France who just can find, if there's a chick to be found, they'll, they'll, find, they'll find it in your armor. So, yeah, it should be an absolute thriller of a test match. I can't wait. It's on Dazzin, Premier Sports Asia, and also ITV in the UK uh, through a VPN if you want to watch it. And also uh, the Wales-Scotland game is on BBC and Dazzin, Premier Sports Asia. So, yeah, uh, a great weekend of rugby. Uh, another thrilling Saturday in store for us all. And, uh, and a championship that I think is just going to keep on delivering over the next couple of weeks. So enjoy the game. Uh, I'm really torn as to, to who I think is going to walk away with this one. Well, I don't think either side's going to walk away with it. But who's going to have the edge? Heart says Ireland. Head says probably home advantage with France. Um, and particularly Ireland not having Johnny... In the ranks, can Carberry cope with the pressure away from home? We'll see. Who knows? Uh, I think it's safe. Cracking game in store, and one that I just uh, I can't wait for. So enjoy the match. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Italy and England. Till then, stay safe, and look forward to some great rugby. Talk to you soon.